Hello and welcome to the Master of Demon Gorge podcast. Today we're talking about friendship. A friend of mine recently had occasion to complain to me about another friend of his. Said other friend was visiting and perhaps imposed a little too much on my friend's time. Kind of volunteered him into serving to some extent as a tour guide, which naturally caused me to reflect on my own friendship with him and with all my other friends, made me reflect on friendships generally, as they're not such simple matters. We all know the feeling. We need friends, everyone does, but not all friends are created equal. Some are our best friends, some are merely drinking buddies. Or, as we call them in Chinese, 酒肉朋友, wine and meat friends. The sort of friends you drink wine and eat meat with, but shouldn't count on for help when faced with adversity. But even best friends aren't all the same. Especially when we're growing up, we often find ourselves in fairly intense friendships. Always doing everything together with our best friend. Such friendships may or may not last. Sometimes they break off after we grow up. Sometimes they last well into adulthood or even for the rest of our lives. We have friends from school, from university, from work. And as adults, we often don't see many of our friends, even for years. Maybe only at our college reunions or some such. But with some of them, we pick things up again without missing a beat. So it all made me think of some of the philosophical thinking on friendship that's been done in both ancient China and in Europe. On the European side, the first text that occurred to me was Montaigne's essay on friendship. Michel de Montaigne, as you know, was a 16th century French aristocrat, philosopher, and essayist. Indeed, Montaigne was a pioneer of the essay form. To essay, meaning to try, to attempt. In his essay on friendship, dedicated to his best friend, Etienne de la Boétie, Montaigne argues that true friendship is necessarily rare. The reason for this is true friendship can only exist where it is not mixed up with some other motive. So a parent and a child can't really be friends with each other because they're not spirits coming together as equals. Spouses can't really be friends, first of all because marriage is a contract and people feel compelled to stay in marriages just because they agree to it. People also often marry for motives other than love, financial, familial, political. Moreover, Montaigne adds in an aside that most would find inadmissible today. To say truth, the ordinary talent of women is not such as is sufficient to maintain the conference and communication required to the support of this sacred tie of friendship. In other words, women aren't capable of true friendship. Make of that what you will. The relationship between two lovers necessarily suffers many of the same problems that plague marriages. And also, sexual desire is by definition a motive outside of the purity of friendship, 
So, romantic love can never be true friendship. Montaigne also dismisses homosexual relationships as genuine friendships. Not so much in terms we'd find persuasive today, but I think the point about romantic love in general still holds. Ultimately, only when people come together as friends without any other motive that may cause either or both to wish to cultivate a relationship with the other is true friendship possible. If you go and look up Montaigne's essay on friendship, you'll find that he quotes Aristotle a lot. No wonder. Aristotle was, of course, incredibly influential in European thinking. And he discusses the issue of friendship at length in his Nicomachean Ethics. In Aristotle's account, three categories of friendships exist in the world. The first is friendship based on utility, in which both parties derive some benefit from each other. The second is friendship based on pleasure, in which both parties derive some enjoyment from each other, whether that be good looks or scintillating conversations. The third is friendship based on virtue, in which both parties are attracted to each other's goodness, each other's superior character. The first two categories of friendships are merely incidental and temporary. Only friends who seek virtue, Aristotle says, and who help each other achieve virtue, are likely to remain friends for an extended period of time. We may note here that in Montaigne's scheme, the first two categories of friendships aren't true friendships at all. But, in a way, Montaigne and Aristotle are saying much the same thing. Friendships based on ulterior motives ultimately cannot be genuine and long-lasting. In the case of my friend who was complaining about his friend, who rather imposed too much, though, the first quotation that occurred to me was not from either Montaigne or Aristotle. It was from the Chinese Taoist philosopher Zhuangzi. And it says, Friendships between gentlemen are as light as water. The statement comes from a story that Zhuangzi tells about Confucius in one chapter of his eponymous book of philosophy. We should note here that Zhuangzi and Confucius, of course, belonged to rival schools of thought. Zhuangzi was a Taoist. Confucius belonged to the tradition now known as Confucianism in English, but in Chinese is called the School of Ru or Ruism. And it was an intellectual tradition that predated Confucius by centuries. The great Republican-era scholar Hu Shi argued that Ruism originated with the shamanist priesthood of the Shang dynasty some 1,000 years before Confucius. In any event, so Zhuangzi and Confucius belonged to rival philosophical traditions. But in his book, Zhuangzi repeatedly tells stories about Confucius. Many of these stories have no basis in fact and aren't supposed to. They are rather fables in which Confucius serves as a foil, a literary device. The same way that Socrates and other Greek notables appear in Plato's dialogues, often as characters 
in a drama. So in this story from Zhuangzi, Confucius is down on his luck. He has traveled the various kingdoms and offered his services as a statesman, but without success. He visits a recluse named Zisanghu and recounts his misfortunes. I went into politics in the kingdom of Lu, but was twice forced into exile. Then I went to the kingdom of Song, where I taught under a tree, only to have them cut down the tree to get rid of me. I went to lecture in the kingdom of Wei, and they deported me. I went to the former capital of the Shang and the capital of the Zhou, but got nothing and fell into poverty. I traveled the border between Chen and Cai, and the local militia trapped me there. After I have suffered these misfortunes, I find the ranks of my friends and disciples dwindling. What do you say about that? To which Zisang Hu replied, "Have you not heard of the destruction of the kingdom of Jia?" Note here that Jia means fake, and there was no kingdom of Jia. So Zisang Hu is very clearly telling a fable here. Okay, so have you not heard of the destruction of the kingdom of Jia? At the time, the man Lin Hui tried to escape, carrying an incredibly valuable piece of jade, but then. He came across an abandoned baby. Lin Hui dropped the jade and carried the baby instead. Others said he was stupid to do so. An infant in a time of war was of no value, but brought plenty of trouble. Why did you abandon treasure in favor of this child that would bring you nothing but grief? Lin Hui replied, "The profit motive urged me to keep the treasure." But my human nature urged me to choose the baby. So it is that when people are linked by the profit motive, they always abandon each other when push comes to shove. But when people are connected to each other through humane feelings, even in the face of disaster, they will stick together and protect each other. So it is also the case that friendships among gentlemen are as light as water. While friendships among mean-spirited men are as sweet as wine, gentlemen may seem almost indifferent to each other, but they can rely on each other in adversity. Mean-spirited men appear to be so sweet, but when you need them, they are nowhere to be found. You ask why some of your friends and students have abandoned you? I say it was never out of their human nature that they befriended and followed you in the first place. Confucius took this to heart. He went back to his students, those who still remained, and knew that they who still remained in the face of adversity were truly devoted to him. It seems to me that what Zhuangzi is saying here rather echoes the words of Montaigne and Aristotle: "Only friendships derived from virtue." Only friendships in which both parties are equals and have no ulterior motives are true friendships. But this passage from Zhuangzi also gave us an enduring piece of advice on how one ought to conduct oneself in friendships. Friendships between gentlemen are as light as water. There's no need to hang out all the time, no need to smother each other with calls and texts. 
No need to shower each other with gifts. Do not impose yourself on your friends. Do not get upset if they don't particularly want to go drinking with you or to come to your party. A gentlemanly friendship will be, will look like, an arm's length relationship, in all but the most difficult times. This maxim recently came up in Taiwanese politics. In May, two politicians, both thought to be potential presidential contenders, so that they could be rivals or allies, visited Taiwan's outlying island of Qingmen or Qingmen. They went there at the same time, and they spent some time together. Coming out of their meeting, one politician was reported to have claimed that. The two men had agreed to form a solid political alliance, but then he walked back this statement. The other politician, when interviewed by the press, said there was no need to claim any kind of established alliance. After all, he said, friendships between gentlemen are as light as water. But there is another story, much later than Zhuangzi's. That provides a further gloss on this maxim. During the Tang Dynasty in the seventh century, one highly successful general named Xue Renkui became legendary for his exploits. Indeed, he was significant enough a figure that maybe we'll do an episode focused just on him at some point. But for today, we just need to tell one anecdote from his life. Xue Renkui had grown up poor and lived in poverty as a young man. He would not get an opportunity to prove himself in the army until he was thirty-one years old. While he was young and poor, he and his wife often had to rely on the charity of a friend of his named Wang Maosheng, who was himself not some kind of rich man, just better off than Xue Renkui. After Xue Renkui joined the army, he so distinguished himself in war that he was promoted to general and given a lordship. Many aristocrats sent gifts to his new mansion to congratulate him, but Xue Renkui declined all of these gifts. The only gift he accepted had come from a commoner, his old friend Wang Maosheng. The gift was. Ostensibly, two jugs of liquor. When the servants opened the jugs, though, they found that they contained merely water. The servants thought maybe this commoner had tried to play a joke on their lord, and suggested that the man ought to be punished for it. But Xue Renkui gathered his servants and his staff and made a show of drinking. The water from the jugs. Then he explained to the gathered group that Wang Maosheng was an old friend who had helped him when he was hard up, and Wang Maosheng was himself not rich, so he could not afford to send expensive gifts. But Shuangui said, without his friendship, I would not be the man I am today. And so this water means more to me than any of these other fancy gifts people have been sending me. As the ancient sages have said, 
friendship between gentlemen are as light as water. So that's a nice story. But I want to leave you with one more story about friendship from Chinese tradition. In Chinese, one way of saying "best friend" or even "soulmate" is "zhiying," literally "one who knows my music." The expression comes from a story from the Warring States period, the fourth century BC, as reported in the Taoist text Liezi, and in the Annals of Lü Buwei, Lü Shi Chunqiu. A great musician and music lover, Bo Ya, was playing a piece that he composed that later became famous. Another man, Zhong Ziqi, came upon him playing and listened. And understood the meaning and emotions behind the music. The two music lovers became best friends. Some time later, Zhong Ziqi died. Hearing the news of his friend's death, Bo Ya destroyed his instrument and never played again. Convinced that no one in the world would ever appreciate his music the way Zhong Ziqi. Had done, and on that note, this has been MODG. Thank you for listening.